Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, well, back to Racine this week on Urban Spelunking, kind of a, a little mini-series we're doing in Urban Spelunking, all about the good land of Racine County. The good land. That's yes. right. <laughs> so this is one building. We did the Windpoint Lighthouse last week, and the building we're at this week is one of those buildings that you just, you can't talk about Racine architecture unless you talk about this building. No, this is the place you got to go, right? I mean, this is the, the SC Johnson Wax Campus, um, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. An iconic. A name, a name you might have heard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's Frank Lloyd Wright's connection again to Wisconsin? It's a it's a name that if you're from here, you grew up hearing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he, he worked here, of course, and all over the world, but he was always based right here in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, he was born in the western southwestern corner of Wisconsin, lived there for a long time, then moved to Chicago to work um, in architecture and did a lot of stuff. Had his home and studio in uh, Oak Park for a long time, okay. just outside of Chicago. Um did tons of design work down there, but also was doing work in Wisconsin and beyond, as has done homes and other things in Racine um, and also here. And then, of course, he later moved his home and studio to back to Spring Green. Okay. Uh, Taliesin, of course. So he, he always did maintain ties here and, and did spend a lot of his life here. Interesting that Frank Lloyd Wright, too, he, he worked, you know, in all these different styles of buildings. It's not like he just did schools or he did, just did libraries, oh, right, yeah. right? Like, this campus is huge, and these buildings he designed at SC Johnson are, you know, the one's a huge tower. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as you mentioned, private homes were, were things he did. And yeah, yeah, and he did a home for uh, the Johnson family that is also in Racine, which is another sort of iconic Racine thing called Wingspread, which okay. is quite near the, the lighthouse, actually. So what made Frank Lloyd Wright's style so iconic? Well, you know, he was a modernist, so he did lots of really striking things that people either loved or hated, you know. Right. But he was also <laughs> very influenced by, like, his prairie style stuff was very influenced by Japanese architecture, about sort of, like, blending into nature and sort of becoming sort of one with nature. And you see lots of forms and things that he takes his cues from nature and this building is actually one of those ah yes this, there's, this is where i get thing. to say the this is where i get to say uh dendroform dendroform, dendroform columns yes if you go in the great workroom which is the the main space in the biggest building that he did on the campus in racine you go in there and it's really striking you walk through sort of a low entryway which is sort of a trick for making the the big open room seem even bigger sure you come into this space uh and it's got to be three stories high you know and there are no windows around the perimeter of it, but it's completely wide open, and these these dendroform columns rise up to the top, and they hold up a skylight, so the light all comes in from the top. And I think they look like lily pads, so I sort lily of feel, pads, yeah. I feel I like it's that. sort of mushroom like almost. Yeah, I sort of feel like it's like you're working under the sea. If you worked in that space, <laughs> except you can breathe a lot more easily. Right. Yeah. Which is a bonus for, you know, <laughs> you chemical drown. research. So going back to the 1930s when, when Frank Lloyd Wright was tapped to design this building in Racine, uh, you know, way ahead of his time. I mean. Oh, yeah. You, you got to figure for a, a city like, I mean, I don't, and this is not an insult against Racine, but, you know, I mean, it's not, it, it would be the same for Milwaukee, right? I mean, it's not New York, Paris, London, Tokyo, right? And here's this guy coming in here building this thing that looked unlike anything most people had probably ever seen. Yeah, so while architects in Milwaukee were building these these grand art deco, you know, movie palaces, that was the era when a lot of these type of buildings were built in Milwaukee. This was the complete opposite, you know. Oh, right. Super yeah. modern. 
and windowless. That's, I think, the thing that's probably the most striking about this building is there's no proper windows. Yeah. But that, but that doesn't mean it's dark. No, it's not dark at all. You go in there and it's it's just exploding with light. There's so much light in there and it's it's just such a beautiful space. And in the in the little atrium he's got, there is there are some windows in the this little atrium in the when you first walk in and there's plants growing in there and it just it feels like what architecture should feel like even now like nearly a hundred years later it it feels modern and it feels cutting edge and it feels like an exciting space to be in which is really what architecture should be right it should be useful of course which it is um but it's also exciting to be there so how did he accomplish this with 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 no windows yet the whole site is covered with with natural light pouring in how does this how it's does that this skylight it's that that skylight up in the center of the, you know covers almost the entire ceiling is, yeah. is skylight but you don't see a lot of it because it's sitting atop those those dendriform columns and then what about on the tower oh the tower is amazing so the tower comes like uh 10 years later and it's um it's a it's a research lab i mean it's laboratories you go in there and it's such a funky shape because it's it's a square tower but with rounded corners okay you know so it's not completely square but super narrow so you gotta you gotta climb up this it's almost like being in a ship you gotta <laughs> climb up this really uh, tight spiral staircase um, that has sort of rounded mini bathrooms in it, okay. too, which is sort of interesting at, at some of the levels. Um, but that, all of the lighting, that has a ton of light, but you can't really see out the windows because the windows are made out of these uh, collections of these just rows of Pyrex tubing. Hmm. So kind of very like, durable. Yeah. Very durable. And, the, and it actually lets in so much light that they've had to like. Uh, they had to go back to right and say people are just can't be in this place. It's like when on the it's south on the south side of it, it's just burning people up, you know. So they had to invent some sort of like shade system and to to deal with that because it was it was almost like working in a magnifying glass. I think. So when you say these Pyrex tubes, these are these are like thick tubes of glass that are laid horizontally, yeah, yeah, right? Horizontally, so. right, and they're sort of all stacked up. On top of each other, so you can you can see. I mean, a ton of light comes in, and you can sort of see blurry sort of shapes through the windows, but not not much. Well, for a building that is really premised on chemistry and and research, it, it seems really fitting that it's got this Pyrex. Yeah, I guess you could have held system. a Bunsen burner up to the <laughs> <laughs> right, perfect up to the windows. So it, this building obviously was was way ahead of its time, which means that there, that there were certain elements of it that. Had a little controversy, right? Uh, yes, notably the dendroform columns, because if you if you Google this or you look at the the article that uh, you can find on the website, um, these are they're basically like you said they look like we said they look like lily pads. So they're very like uh, wide and flat and round at the top, and then they're sitting on top of a super slender poured concrete column. It's they almost just, like they a, look ridiculous. Like you, if somebody said I'm going to build you a building out of this, you'd be like. Well, that's not gonna work. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's, it's it's to me. It's like here's a <laughs> kind of a decent example. It kind of reminds me of like a, a vinyl, you know, like a record yeah. set on top of a pencil. Yes, right. So it's yes, this, that's exactly what they look like. Right, right. So there was this elaborate publicity stunt, essentially that that they pulled off to prove that these dendroform columns could support the building. Pretty interesting story. We're going to talk about that next here on Urban Spelunking, plus some more of the challenges that came up building this lavish modern complex in Racine. It's next. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. 
Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 Pride. And we are back in Racine on the SC Johnson campus of Frank Lloyd Wright Complex. This is a building and a tower, both designed by that iconic architect. We talked about these dendriform columns that make up the uh, the real basis for the structural support in the the main building. They and look like a vinyl record on a pencil. Vinyl record on a pencil, right? That's my crude <laughs> yes, imagery I love here. It. I love it. So the, the, it was it was kind of unclear whether or not it could support the full twelve tons of of weight needed to support the roof, right? Well, I think it depends on who you asked. I think it, it was clear to him it would work, <laughs> right? And it was unclear was to, to everyone else. <laughs> it was unclear clear um but so they were these columns are supposed to support 12 tons each okay um and people were like that's just not gonna work there's no way so he built one of these columns and he put 12 tons of weight on there and it was fine so he put another 12 tons still fine he put another 12 tons wow still fine then he put another 12 tons, and that's when it gave. So 60, 60 tons was too much, but it was clearly they were clearly strong enough to handle the 12 tons they were going to need to support. So these were like sandbags that he brought in. Yeah, yeah. Is there? Video? I'm not sure how many. I'm not sure how many sandbags you'd need to get to, that, to right, 60 yeah. tons of sand. But <laughs> is there video or photography of this? There it's is a fo- there right? is a photo of it, but I don't know if I'm not sure if there's a video. But if there is, I would love to see it. But you know, when uh, when I heard the story, it reminded me of. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's famous architect, Henry Koch, who did City Hall yeah. and the Fister and all these other buildings. Um, one of his first big projects was Calvary, Calvary Church on 9th and Wisconsin, which is the Big Red Church. Yeah. You know. I think it was um, like the second building we belonged to. Was it? About, yeah. yeah. And um, and the tower on that is super tall, and people were just like, there's no way that's going to stand up, buddy. That's not going to happen. And he's like, oh, no, it's going to stand up. You know, and they were like, no, oh, wind is going to come. It's going to blow it over. He's like, it's not going to happen. I guarantee it. They're like, how can you guarantee it? He says, get me a team of horses. <laughs> wow. So they like hitched <laughs> up these like these horses and they tied it to the top of the steeple and they had these horses try and pull the thing down and they couldn't do it. So there and was now a- like a hundred and it's got to be 150 years close to it. It's still standing. It has not, knock wood, it has not toppled over yet. Even after the, the team of horses tugged on it, it, yes. it remains strong. Yeah. So this so was that kinda, story reminded me of that. The, the, so this was something that people did once in a while to prove their buildings had uh, the structure they were promising. Yeah, sort of the greatest showman kind of thing, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, there were other challenges that came up, too, in this Frank Lloyd Wright building on the S.C. Johnson uh, campus. Budget was a concern, and I'm you know, looking at this this tower building that's got all these the Pyrex tubes in place of windows. It doesn't look like that was probably the most uh, budget-friendly way to, to do the building. No, and apparently that it was at a $2 million budget, and he... It was double that by the time it was finished, um, which I don't know if that means he was just a terrible estimator of, co- of costs, <laughs> or you know, just or he changed things as he went along. But for whatever reason, this was a this was a pretty common right uh, trait was that buildings went over budget. Yeah, I suppose and, when you're and it was what it was, and I don't think he really wanted to hear complaints. He was kind of a cantankerous guy. I suppose when you're Frank Lloyd Wright, you you might get that privilege. Go yes. over a bunch a little bit. Yes. Do the employees, you know, the, you had a chance to talk to some employees there. Do they seem to appreciate just how historic and just amazing the, yeah, their campus I mean, is? The ones that I talked to definitely did. They were, they just, they love to go there. They love to work in the building. And, you know, it might be safe to say there are some who don't like it and they just didn't have them talk to me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, but no, there are people who work there that, that definitely appreciate that they get to work in what is clearly an architectural landmark. I mean, people come from all, you can tour the 
the um, the great workroom, um, and you can see the tower from the outside. You can't go inside. Um, you have to look at my story for that. Yeah, the only way in is that's through Bobby Tenzel's story. Perfect. <laughs> and that's linked up right um, here on this page. Yes. Um, but people come from all over the world, literally all over the world, to see this because it's such an astonishing thing and a beautiful thing. It's a really a beautiful building. And you can tour it, so you just, just Google it and go to the website and you can see when the tours are. And they have a welcome center that was part of a World's Fair pavilion for S.C. Johnson. So that's an interesting building. While you're there, you can also see the building that they hired Sir Norman Foster to build um, in much more recent times. So that's interesting that they could have, uh, you know, they made this bold, S.C. Johnson made this bold choice to go with this super modern approach to their campus. Um, it, w- it would have been hard for them as they added on to to go away from that style, right? It would like if they built a super classical uh, Art Deco oh, type yeah, building. Oh yeah, that might be. Yeah, it, it might might be stick kind of out, weird. Right? Well, it's interesting is you know they hired Norman Foster, who is of course world famous and uh, another modernist. Yes, and built and built a building of his time. You know, a building that's you know of the early 21st century, and it looks great in the campus because it's a place where they're obviously willing to to stay with these, you know, to sort of look forward instead of looking back, which a lot of big companies always did in terms of architecture. One of the big sort of retro looking sort of forceful yeah. statement. And these guys made a, a completely different kind of forceful statement, I think. So if you've made it this far, we're, uh, you know, into the, our second entry here in our Racine Spelunking, uh, you get a little bonus because you're going to find out where we're going to go next. So, so Bobby, what's coming up next in Racine Spelunking? Uh, I think we're going to go to the Racine County Courthouse, okay. which is supposed to be the tallest building in the county of Racine, although some people believe it to be the tower that we just talked about. But I think the courthouse is actually slightly taller. There's a way to to, to settle this, right? Yes, except that when you, trust me, Google it and you'll get different numbers for both buildings. So it depends on which numbers you believe Okay. because the numbers are not the same. So more mysteries to unravel in Racine next week on Urban Spelunking. This should get get the hotline. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, podcasts at 88.9 are produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from On Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts right on this page on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo. Thanks. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate.